0: Hey, this is Jamie from Stillmire Games, and I will explain why I'm wearing this silly outfit in a second. Um, recently I, I designed my first mega game, which is not a game that I thought I would design or even really participate all that often. Um, a mega game is a game involving a bunch of people who, um, who, I guess typically mega games are pretty long, um, but uh, they're, uh, they're kind of this thematic thing that you participate in for a while uh, usually, some social aspects to it, but also typical game mechanisms. I think one of the famous ones, most famous ones, was, on a, was in a Shut Up and Sit Down video about this, um, this scenario where aliens have arrived on Earth and people are divided in this mega game into different groups and they're trying to figure out um, how to deal with the aliens. Uh, my mega, mega game is a little bit different. I base mine off of Squid Game, uh, the TV show, the Netflix TV show. And I did this. Squid Game came out around a year ago, and I thought it'd be a fun idea for a Mega Game to, to, to run at a, a kind of a mini convention, a very small convention run by some friends. It was kind of a friend's only convention, friend of a friend who was running this convention called Group Virgins. And uh, so I created this this game called Marshmallow Game, and that's a, you can kind of tell why the outfit is white here. I created an event called Marshmallow Game. Um, for a large group of people playing off the idea of the the schoolyard games found in squid game so this was not going to be a violent game by any means um, rather i was taking that kind of that schoolyard game element of squid game and bringing it into my game marshmallow game and all of the challenges in my game all the schoolyard challenges were based on marshmallows or used marshmallows uh, the setup for the game. And so I'm going to go through today and to describe uh, what uh, what kind of the thoughts that I went into creating this game and also the different challenges. Uh, feel free to skip ahead if you are more intrigued by the challenges themselves. They're kind of little, little mini games that I created that worked fairly well for a lot of people, but I'll also discuss some things that I might change if I ever did this again or if you ever want to try this mega game. Um, the setup and cost for it. So the cost was pretty much to get... Uh, these outfits, again, I'll come back to the outfits in a second why I even got these outfits. Uh, the outfits, the marshmallows, um, some spaghetti noodles, cups, tape, uh, uh, and some prizes. I had some prizes for the winners, as well as a big uh, kind of a poster board to keep score. Um, and a few other odds and ends, pens, things like that. Uh, and I, one of the f- core focuses here is I wanted it to be on a budget. And I also wanted setup to be fairly easy. Uh, This was a a weekend-long gaming event and I wanted to be present for all the other fun stuff happening at the weekend. Uh, And so I set up a lot of stuff in advance and I also had the setup that day be not all that arduous. There was just a little bit of setup in advance and especially the setup for each individual challenge I wanted done in advance so we didn't have to do all the setup uh, every time we had a new new mini game to play. Uh, In terms of length, location, size, and signups... I really wanted to. So I, I had heard about. I'd never been to this little mini convention before, and I heard that many of the events there ran around two hours. And I really wanted to try to get my marshmallow game to run at uh, for one hour, because I know there are lots of other things that people wanted to do at this event. and I thought one hour was a good amount of time to ask people to do these challenges. I ended up going over by thirty minutes. Um, and part of the reason for that is that I, the only way I could really test this game in advance was by myself. Um, and so I was able to test some of the challenges by myself, but uh, in seeing how things actually run in, in person, it speaks to the value of play testing. Some things run longer than you expect. Uh, so it did run a little bit longer than I thought. But 90 minutes wasn't too bad. The location, we were in a place called Branson, Missouri, which is kind of a vacation area in Missouri. We had rented out this giant house and the house happened to have a half court basketball gym inside the house, which was perfect for this event. You can see it in the photos. Uh, It it, it was kind of this very large space that I think was air conditioned um, and great space for it. I wanted to make the event scale up to a large number of people. I think there were 22 people in attendance and 18 people ended up participating, plus me and Megan. Megan and I were, were the people running the event. And I also, crucially, didn't want to necessarily ask people to sign up in advance. It's helpful if they did, just so I had a rough idea for how many people were playing. But I thought, kind of, I, I wanted it to be flexible, so if only a few people showed up, it could work. Um, but the more the merrier. I wanted it to be able to scale up to, I believe, 21, 22 people it could have scaled up to. But 18 turned out to be a great size for it. That was a great number to have exactly 18 people. A few other things before I get to the challenges. Uh, I, I decided not to make this a player elimination game. So Squid Game... The Netflix show is very much an elimination game with the threat of death. That is the way that you're eliminated from this game. Obviously, I didn't want any death. I did not want any violence of any sort in, in Marshmallow game. And... I also, just in general, I wanted people, if they were excited about this thing to sign up, I didn't want them to play for five minutes and then be eliminated and no longer be able to play. That would have created a different feel for it. Maybe that would have been okay at an event like this because people could have then watched or they could have gone and done something else, some other activity. But I thought that using a point system would be better. So I, I created a system of assigning points to each of the six challenges with the winner being the person with the most points. And in fact, I had prizes for the top four people. So even just finishing in the top mattered. Points do create a problem though, as I'll mention later on in, as I discuss the challenges. Um, and I had a big, big scoreboard to track the points throughout the challenge, which was also a little bit of a problem because Megan's time throughout the challenge, throughout the event, was spent often updating the scoreboard. A lot of her time was spent on that. So if we hadn't had a point system, that part would have gone smoother as well if we'd used elimination instead. Yeah, I think there's a pros and cons to that. Last, let's get to this outfit that I'm wearing. So, I had learned that uh, from previous events at this um, at this mini convention that people really liked getting dressed up in fun outfits, and I thought it'd be fun to have an outfit for people to wear to get them in the spirit of the challenge. And so, I looked up these, I tried to find these um, these painters' outfits. So this is kind of a thin material. This is a thin outfit. It's a onesie. You can't really tell from, from the video, but it's It's a onesie that you get to wear, and uh, it's fairly lightweight. You can put it on over your clothing. And this, when people showed up and found that they got to put these on, uh, that was maybe the most fun moment of the whole thing. People seemed really, really excited to put on these silly outfits and uh, kind of in, enjoy being uh, a little silly with everyone and kind of looking like marshmallows because this, the theme of this thing was um, marshmallows. So I thought the outfits went over really well. I'm glad I got the outfits. The only challenges encountered with the outfits are one, I had to buy them in bulk. I had to buy 25 of them all at once. And they were kind of a one size fits all. And so I thought people could like tie it around their waist or things like that, but there were definitely some, you know, different body types, different heights, different sizes. And so they didn't fit everyone as well as as I would hope, even though they are pretty baggy. That's one of the challenges with an outfit like this. Also, we ended up getting pretty hot by the end of it. I think maybe it would have been okay if it was a 60-minute um, game in this gym, which, I, as I said, I think was air-conditioned. But uh, even with a thin outfit like this that breathes, we still got pretty hot. Everyone was a little sweaty under the outfits afterward. Many people showered afterward. Um, yeah, so there's that. The other twist we added at the last minute is that originally, this was going to be largely a, uh, an individual challenge. With, and in the end, it was. There was an individual winner and then three runners-up. But at the last minute, we were kind of looking at the uh, the squid or the poster that we had. This is the, the marshmallow game poster. You can see uh, it's kind of a marshmallow game poster, but with a, uh, a marshmallow superimposed there. Uh, we were kind of looking at these uh, these shapes, and Megan had the great idea of what if we put the shapes right here on the different outfits, so that we would have three teams, each associated with a different shape, and have those teams mean something in a few of the challenges, not not throughout the challenges, but sometimes. And that seemed to go over really well. I think people liked that there was an individual aspect to the challenge, but they also seemed to really like the idea, especially at the beginning and in the first challenge, which was the team challenge, uh, the idea that they were they were all, um, sorted into these teams, sorted into houses like Harry Potter kind of. um, And they had to compete with this team together. There was a lot of camaraderie that instantly formed by being randomly sorted onto teams and knowing that they were going to compete as a team a little bit. And it also allowed for some twists to happen as we played. I'll talk about those twists now because let me jump into the challenges and discuss them. So the first challenge was called Toss. And uh, this was a light dexterity challenge where each player had three big chunky marshmallows, and I had set up uh, a configuration in the middle of the room. Um, everyone had to circle, circle up around this, this little configuration of different things that people wanted to throw the marshmallows into. And so there was a square formation, four corners of cups. There was a triangle formation of, um, of slightly bigger bowls. And then in the middle was a big bowl, a big circular bowl. And so again, these are these shapes, this was the team challenge. So if you were on the square team, you were trying to show to throw your marshmallows into the cups, If your triangle team into the slightly bigger bowls, circle team into the biggest bowl, but they're all pretty close to each other. And so even though you're trying to throw something into your, uh, your cup or bowl, um, you might hit another bowl. I like the idea of this challenge a lot, and also if, if everyone could not touch inside the circle, but you could reach into the circle and grab errant marshmallows. So multi, many people got multiple throws because they were able to get marshmallows out of the circle in addition to the three marshmallows that they started with. So just trying to at the start of go, people were just throwing marshmallows into these cups, and after about thirty seconds, either marshmallows were all in the cups and bowls, or they were unreachable. So the challenge ended then. Um, This went over pretty well, except that the bowl in the middle had a huge advantage. It had way more marshmallows than anybody else, and only one marshmallow ended up in the cups. So even though there were more cups, uh, they were more difficult to hit. So I think if I did this again in the future, I would make the cups cups on the the corners of the square a little bigger to make that target a little bit more helpful for people. So that was toss. That was probably the only change I'd, I'd make for toss. I thought it worked pretty well overall for having people do that. Um, it didn't take very long. It had a little bit of sense of it, people were um, operating on their own as individuals, but they were competing for their team. Um, yeah, I thought, that, I thought that went pretty well. The second challenge was Hex. So uh, in the Hex challenge, it's kind of a, cl- a, a version of the classic um, uh, classroom game called four corners. I don't know if you ever played that as a kid, but in, I'll describe hex It's very similar to four corners. Um, I count down from 10. And as I count down, people race into six different sections of the room or not, not really race. They choose a section of the room and they walk over to it. And the sections are marked on the wall. One, two, three, four, five, six. So you're choosing a section. And, uh, then Megan and I rolled these giant inflatable dice that I, that I had, these are giant inflatable D six and everyone who was in uh the corners where the number is rolled they are kind of the winners of of that round of the challenge we played three rounds of this and uh so the people in those corners gained marshmallows from the people in the other corners so basically what we did is if we rolled a two and a five then we walked around to all the other the non the the one the three the four um, and the six we walked around to those sections of the room. We took one marshmallow from each of those people I think everyone started with three marshmallows in this challenge um, Yeah, three marshmallows and we took one marshmallow from each of them and then we divided those marshmallows evenly Amongst the people who were in the uh, the, the two and the five that we rolled uh, This went pretty well. and is very easy to explain Um A few of the things that didn't go quite as I would hoped is that I think, A, people were hoping it would last a little bit longer. It was a very simple challenge. People were hoping it would last a little longer. Two, or B, it's a very luck-driven challenge. Like you don't really have a lot of agency. Your agency is largely based on where you see other people show up. So there's that factor. The other factor that that was tough to control is that these inflatable dice are not perfectly balanced. And in the first roll, and I think even in the second roll, we rolled um, mostly ones, and so everyone in the uh, in the one corner, the one section, really strongly benefited to the point that in the last roll. Almost everyone was in the one section and we didn't roll a one then. So a, a few people did benefit then. in fact, I think they got quite a few marshmallows which ended up being really fun for the challenge. But I would have loved to have perfectly balanced inflatable dice. We did. I did it inflatable dice because they're really big. People could see them from across the room and they're kind of fun to roll, but maybe big uh, spongy dice. They're also easy to transport. Um, but I, I thought that part went really well. And I think I, I also w- would have made the challenge go a little bit longer. People, people were seeming to have fun with it and wanted, wanted a little bit more of it. So that was challenge two, Hex. Challenge three was survive. And this was the one where I realized that people um, are clever and creative. And I, uh, this, challenge, this whole thing wasn't exactly organized around the idea of people trying to break the rules. Um, in survive, it was a challenge where you had to take... So I had these red solo cups, and I gave each player six marshmallows, six big marshmallows in this cup, and they were lined up against a wall. And when I said go, they had to balance the marshmallows on the bottom of the cup and make their way across the room to another cup with their name on it um, that was kind of randomly sorted against that wall. And they had to put uh, their marshmallows on the cup and then go back and get more marshmallows and and then go, go back to their cup. I think what I would redo, and so a couple things went wrong right away. One is that a number of players, uh, because I didn't say otherwise, a number of players put all the marshmallows in their mouth and then stuck them to the cup and then went to the other side and dumped them all in right away. And the challenge was over then because I had said that the challenge is over when the first player puts all six of their marshmallows in their other cup. And uh, with that player's team, that player getting one point per marshmallow. All players getting points for how many marshmallows they they put in their cup, and for that player's team, getting each of their team members getting a bonus of two points. So that happened instantly, and I was like, "Oh, well, I wasn't expecting that, and I really don't want to get this gym super messy and dirty." And so I had to clarify um, that you can't, in any of these challenges, you can't alter the marshmallows and, and you can't make them sticky. You have to just keep them as they are. You can't squeeze them into a tiny ball. They are just fluffy marshmallows that you have to use as the challenge is designed. Um, and so we actually ran the challenge again. We ran it twice with people getting points for both times. The second time though, uh, some people moved really, really quickly. Like some people were focusing on balancing all the marshmallows on their cup. Well, a few people realized that three marshmallows balanced really easily on the cup and they went back and forth and they for anyone who had been trying a different strategy, there was definitely this sense of dejection afterward, where because they didn't get any points, the challenge was instantly over. And so I wish I had done something a little bit different. One of two things: I wish I would either said, "Here's the time frame. Here's 60 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever it is. Get as many marshmallows in your cup as possible," uh, and not had it have it end instantly based on one player getting six marshmallows in their cup. And or um, telling people that. Uh, they can only move one marshmallow at a time. And so the whole challenge is just keeping one marshmallow on your cup, balancing it across the room, getting it in the other cup, and then coming back to get another marshmallow and having the challenge end when a person gets six, everyone gets points for how many they get in their cup. I think at that point, everyone would have at least gotten points. And it would have been a little bit different of a challenge because it's not that hard to balance one marshmallow in a cup. But I think either of those would have worked better than how survive actually went. Challenge number four went pretty well. Challenge number four was Dilemma. So in Dilemma we had this big circle and I gave everyone, how many marshmallows did I give them? Uh, I believe everyone had seven small marshmallows. This was a prisoner's dilemma challenge where uh, I, I did a, a countdown um, and people had that time to confer with a player on their left and their right to decide how many marshmallows, how many small marshmallows they wanted to put in either of their hands. And when I said reveal, everyone would reveal the marshmallows in their hands. And if um, in my, say left hand, the number of marshmallows in that hand matched the number of marshmallows in the hand in the right hand player to my, to my left, so the hands that are close to each other, then we each get a marshmallow from the supply. If I have more marshmallows than the person who revealed marshmallows on their on the right hand, then I steal one of their marshmallows. So this whole concept, Chris Dilemma, again, pretty easily to, to explain. Um, some fun social dynamics. I thought this one went really well, and I would only change one thing about it, and that would be that uh, other than people getting really sticky hands and maybe having some wet towels on, on hand, uh, I would escalate it more. So I would say, so we'll do this over three rounds. In the first round, we'll do one. Mar- you get you gain one mars- mar- marshmallow, or you steal one marshmallow. In the second round, it's two, and the third round, it's three. I think that would have led to some really interesting choices over the escalation. Because by the end, like, in the in the third round, maybe you've been partnering with a player to your right this whole time. You each have been doing great. You, you've you always been matching their marshmallows. or each getting one marshmallow from the supply. But by the third round, that's three marshmallows. You could be stealing three marshmallows from them. I guess in the end, you're still getting the same number of marshmallows, but... Um, the, the net game is much, net gain is much better. And so in that regards, maybe I should have even had people line up so they weren't on, uh, so they were next to people that weren't on their team. Like go uh, go and have people line up in this order, circle, triangle, square, and so on. So to ensure that the people next to you were not on your team, giving you maybe a greater chance, a greater incentive to, uh, to betray them by choosing a different shape or a different uh, quantum. But otherwise, I thought dilemma went pretty well. Number five was Push Your Luck. This was um, fun while it lasted, but I think it could have gone a little bit better. This was another game that used these dice that could have been better balanced. I had everyone line up against a wall, and the goal of the challenge was to get to the other, the far side of the wall. And the challenge was over when any player would reach that side. I asked people to uh, to put between one and six marshmallows in their hand. So they had six marshmallows. They had put one in their hand, and they, they had to reveal it. And... I then rolled a die. And if the number of marshmallows that you put in your hand was uh, greater than or equal to the number that on the die that was rolled, you got to move forward a number of steps equal to the marshmallows in your hand. So for example, if I put two marshmallows in my hand, I reveal two marshmallows, and the die roll is a three, um, then... Uh, in fact, I think I've said this a little bit incorrect. If the die roll is a three, because my number is equal to or less than, that's, uh, that's what you're going for, um, then I get to move forward two steps. And so throughout the whole challenge, every turn, basically, if you wanted, you could reveal just one marshmallow and know that you could always take exactly one step forward. But if you want to take a bunch of steps forward and the, the room was spaced out to be a total of 12 steps, Um, you could put, say like five marshmallows in your hand, but if I roll a one, two, three, or four, you're not moving at all. But if I roll a five or six, you're moving five steps. So kind of this risk reward, push your luck, um, element here. Uh, again, the dice I think were the challenge and maybe even the length of the room because the dice, we rolled a six, I rolled a six, I think maybe twice. And so a lot of people move forward, including the last step where there actually was a nice little separation where maybe I rolled a three or a four, there was some separation between people, but then the final roll was a six. And so everyone moved forward. And I think only two people didn't actually reach the wall. And so that was not quite ideal. I think it needed to be a little bit longer, longer than twelve steps, and again have better balanced giant dice. That would have worked out a little bit better too. But otherwise, this is a, this is a little mini game that I learned from. Um, I'm blanking on the game now. It is a, there's a, a Istanbul. The game Istanbul has essentially this game in it in one of the little mini games, one of the little actions. Finally, the last challenge was. Originally designed to be an individual challenge, but the twist in it is that I ended up deciding to pair uh, or asking people to pair themselves with uh, a circle, triangle, and a square. So you had to break from your group and instead create a new group that comprised that was consisted that consisted of a circle, a triangle, and a square person. So groups of three were trying to use spaghetti noodles and uh, and chunky marshmallows. Six marshmallows per player. Twenty uh, um, uh, 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 spaghetti noodles to uh, each per player. So a total of 60 and 18 marshmallows to create the tallest tower. And not just the tallest tower, but I was going to measure from the tallest marshmallow on that tower and you'd get one point per inch of the tower. So it also served as kind of a catch-up mechanism. If you'd fallen way behind on points, you'd get a bunch of points from this challenge. A couple problems arose from that. One, um, and so I, I love this challenge. I love this type of challenge in particular, and I think it works really well. The different towers that people made were, were very different, very really cool to see. It was designed to be a catch-up mechanism, though, and it didn't work out that way at all because all towers ended up being between, I think, 22... Well, except for one. There was one that was way short. But most of the towers ended up being between 22 and 28 inches. Um, and I, there, there was a five-minute timer on this. Uh, and so points were so close to that range i think what i should have done is had a point system based on uh based on the height of the tower so if you had the uh, and respective to the other players so if you had the tallest tower you could get like 30 points but if you had the second tallest tower you only got 20 points and then maybe 15 just to create my own point separation to, to create that that uh, that uh that larger point spread if this was an elimination game um and i would have probably at this point in the challenge there would have only been three people left and each person would have had to create their own tower but i think it was fun for people to work together on this the other big challenge is that um, i ended the timer and then at the moment that i ended the timer most towers were standing on their own they had to be freestanding towers however i couldn't measure them all at once and by the time i got to certain towers they were starting to tip over And that I could tell was really frustrating for people because people worked really hard on the towers. They they were proud of it, but, and they were watching me measure towers that that were standing while their tower was standing. But by by the time I got to it, it had fallen over. And so I, I think what I would change about this is make it a five to 10 minute challenge and just say to people after five minutes, anytime after five minutes, you can call me over or really anytime within the 10 minutes, you can call me over and I will measure your tower. Um, and that will be, that will be, uh, uh, maybe I, maybe i could even tell people i'll measure your tower multiple times within the 10 minute span i will measure your tower multiple times and we'll t- we'll use the highest number for that time and that way if there's a certain point in the challenge where they're like okay our tower works really well right now they can just call me over i can run over measure it real quick and then for sure they can actually have a tower that is standing instead it, uh, people i could tell were a little frustrated by it and this is a challenge intended for people to have fun and create something cool so uh, I think that's how I would change it. Like have that range of time. Let people call me over at any time to measure it. I'll mark that down. And honestly, just if they if they continue to improve their tower, as long as it's within the time frame, that they can call me over again and I can measure it again and give them a a better um, better measurement. I think that would have worked out better for this challenge. In the end, though, as you can tell, I'm I'm editing myself as a designer. I, I would change things if I did this differently. Overall, though, I I had a fair amount of fun with it as the person running the challenge, and I think people had. A fair amount of fun i think you know certain things could have gone better with the, like the luck of the dice um the uh the outfits getting a little bit hot by the end but the silly fun of it and the challenges themselves i thought overall went went well and people seemed to have a good time um the prizes were fun i had a big i had a luxurious uh bathrobe that i got for the winner uh, well i expected the winner to choose that um, I think the, he ended up choosing a, a plushie toy instead. I had, a few, I had a few like Stay Puffed marshmallow toys. I had a Funko Pop marshmallow toy, and I had a, uh, uh, a gourmet s'mores kit as well. So you got to if you were the winner of the whole thing, you got to choose one of those first, and the next person chose, and so on. Um, so I think the prizes were fun. People seemed to have fun with them too. So this was marshmallow game if you look in the comments below you can see the original instructions i'm not going to modify these but I, i didn't as you can tell from my talk through here i modified some of these on the day of the event but uh but yeah that was my experience kind of designing and running a mega game and and learning from it in the process I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, if there are any schoolyard challenges that you think would work for a marshmallow game. Uh, I'm curious if any of you ever run a marshmallow game. That would be amazing if you ever ran it and what you did differently, what worked, what didn't work. And if you've ever participated in or ran any sort of mega game, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that experience in the comments below. Thanks for joining me for this special episode. It was fun to talk about this weird game that maybe will only happen once, but uh, but I had fun with it, and uh, I look forward to hearing your thoughts in the comments below. Thanks.